Welcome to When I Was On My Mission, the podcast where missionaries tell true, unbelievable stories that they experienced firsthand. I'm your host, Brian Jensen. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app. It really helps us out. Everybody, welcome to the When I Was On My Mission podcast. Super excited. I am here with a good friend of mine, Spencer Peterson. Spencer, welcome to When I Was On My Mission. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, we're pumped to have you. And, you know, I've heard from a few people that you have an amazing missionary story. I can't wait to hear it. I just I want to ask you a couple questions about your mission. So first, where did you serve? So I served in... Buenos Aires, Argentina. Awesome. And did you speak a foreign language? I did. I spoke Spanish. Castellano, actually. The true Spanish. <laughs> the true Spanish. Very cool. All of you elders that served in Spain and sisters, that's not the true Spanish. That's what I hear. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Spencer, let's let's jump right into it. Tell us, tell us your story. Let's hear it. Okay. Well, my story is... Uh, it's a good one. And this was, I was really, really fresh in the mission. So I was uh, three weeks out, if I remember correctly. So at this point, you're speaking a foreign language, and it's nothing like the language that you learned in the MTC. So, you know, you heard, you got really used to like Americans speaking Spanish to each other in the MTC, and then you go. And you get on the streets of Argentina, and you think this is a completely different language. They slur words differently. They uh, have different accents. So I thought I was pretty good at the language by the time I kind of finished the MTC experience, but turns out I didn't really understand anything. My uh, my trainer was from Chile. Uh, his English was okay. It was his it was his last transfer in the mission. So. He spoke enough where we could kind of communicate, but still there was definitely that language barrier uh, between me and my trainer. So I was basically just, you know, lost most of the time. So anyway, so, um, and just, just some context, uh, about the area. So, you know, I, I didn't know this at the time, but I had learned, I think it was either through some members in the area or, maybe even some other missionaries, but I had learned that, you know, decades previously, the area that I was serving in, a missionary had been shot and killed, which is no, uh, nothing to take lightly. Uh, but I think it highlighted the fact that I really had no idea, like the situation I was in. And I was just kind of like this new, excited missionary. I remember going up to people on the, the corners of the streets which is where like the borrachos and the druggies would hang out. So the drunks and and the drug addicts would, would hang out. They'd ask you for the time. So you'd go over and maybe they'd, they'd mug you. But uh, <laughs> so like I'd go up to them and just like start inviting them to learn more about the gospel. So I was just kind of ignorant to everything around me. The, the story begins where it was, it was around 930 at night. So we had just come home from a long day of of missionary work. I was like exhausted. And I remember I was on the, I was on the, the toilet in the bathroom. 
in my garments. Sacred time on your mission. Yep. It was like the one of the only times where you can actually be alone. And uh, just, you know, love and life. And a small detail about the bathroom that I think was interesting is... <laughs> In Argentina, they have bidets, and no one had told me about these things. So I, there was basically a toilet, and then on the right, there was what looked like a little sink that was just kind of like a a couple feet off the ground, and I had no idea what it was. And uh, I was, my first thought was like, maybe this is where I wash my clothes. And I think you watched luck- something else there, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't do that. Uh, and I don't even know if I used the bidet because I didn't really learn what it was till later. No one no one sat me down to, like, teach me these things. No one had the talk with you. No one had the talk. Okay. Okay. So, anyway, I'm in the bathroom. And, you know, it was normal for, you know, we had other roommates. So, there was four of us in uh, what they called the pench or the apartment. And it was a three-level apartment. And it was normal for members to come over sometimes, you know, they'd, they'd say hi, they'd hang out for a bit. I don't know if that was kosher or not, but like that was, it had happened before. So it wasn't out of the ordinary. And I heard some unfamiliar voices coming up the stairs. Now I didn't understand a lick of what they were saying, but I knew that they weren't American missionaries. You know, I, it was someone else. They came up the stairs. I didn't think anything of it. I get out of the bathroom and I go into our room and I'm just kind of hanging out and I don't suspect anything. And my companion, uh, he comes to me, he says, Hey elder, I need you to give me all the cash that you have on you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> Interesting request. All right. To- totally unsuspecting too. Uh, so I'm, I'm there. I'm kind of taking my time getting all the cash out of my, my wallets. I had it in a couple places and I give it to him and, like, well, I'm on my way to give it to him and I'm taking my time. I didn't even see this guy enter our room, but somehow there was a, a guy that I didn't recognize, Argentine guy, in our room. And the next thing I know is that he has his hand around my neck, <laughs> the back of my neck. Like and back of your neck, so not choking you. Not choking me, okay. but the back of my neck. And then he shoves my face down. So I'm kind of like leaning over. And then he shows me a gun. Oh, wow. What, what kind of gun? Just like a pistol? What was like a pistol. Okay. Yeah. And so I was like, I, up until this point, I was thinking maybe these guys are like the, the, the strange voices that I heard. Like maybe there's some members that are coming over, friends of the other elders. At this point I said, yeah, these guys are not members. And if they're <laughs> nice, if they're members, they're not nice members. They're not amigos. Yeah, they're not amigos. Okay. So at that point I, I knew we were in serious business. So... So the next thing I know, I was taken up to the third floor. So I was on the second floor when this happened. We were taken up to the third floor. My companion stayed in our room, and I was taken to the bathroom of our uh, our roommates. By so, how many people were there? So there were you was taken by the same guy or somebody else or what? It was taken. I, yeah, I was taken up by that same guy that okay. had put me in the chokehold, and then I was met. There was a guy up there already. Okay, and then there was my two roommates that were in the bathroom as well as this other random guy <laughs> that I didn't recognize. I was like, what the heck is going on? So I get up to the bathroom and I'm like trying to just absorb everything that's happening. And what, what had happened is basically uh, my two roommates were coming home. They came home a little bit after curfew. They got a taxi driver to bring them home. And 
one of them forgot their, well, they forgot their money. So one of them went into the apartment to get the money, uh, left the other one out in the taxi. And meanwhile, some guys were waiting on the corner and while they were separated, basically, uh, they pistol whipped one of my, uh, roommates legitimately smacked some guy in the back of the head with a gun. Yeah. Like this guy was bleeding when I got to the bathroom, just like the back of his head. Wow. And Again, I I heard all this Spanish and all this talking back and forth, but I didn't know what was being said. So I kind of just like tried to pay attention, tried to listen, but then they left and I was like, what just happened? And they're like, well, they told us, they said, if you guys, we asked for all your money. And if you don't have, if there's any money that we find in the apartment, we'll kill you. (laughs) So you better have given us your money. <laughs> so how did you how did you feel when they said they would kill you? Like, how did you feel? Honestly, the weirdest thing is the language barrier kind of okay. softened all reality. Okay. I don't know if it was like angels just putting like dancing around me, like protecting me from what was going on. But the uh, there was probably a little bit of that. My mom's prayers back home. There you go. So I learned this, and then. The uh, the elder that had got pistol whipped just breaks down crying. Oh man, he just breaks. He's from Argentina, just breaks down crying. And we're like, elder, what's up? Like, what's going on? And he's like, I didn't tell them, but I have a bunch of cash in my suitcase up above the closet, and like, if they find it, then I'm I'm a goner. Oh <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> we were so it was me and my two roommates, but then this other random guy, right, and. Come was to find out, it oh. was a plant. It was a mole. Oh my so gosh. it was the taxi driver. The next thing I know, the taxi driver goes out of the bathroom, and meanwhile, they they had taken, they had ripped off our vacuum cord and tied the door shut. Oh my gosh! And so, the taxi driver, all I could see next was he was pointing to that elder who had the money in, oh. in the suitcase and he was I telling the guys I'm that's terrifying. And so they like go and they grab the elder. They, they throw him in the room and they're like, we know you have money in the suitcase. And he's like, you know, okay. All right. They caught me. Uh, it's right here. So they ended up getting the money. My companions nowhere to be seen. And finally he shows up and he's bleeding too. Oh my God. <laughs> so he had been pistol whipped. So, just a little bit about my companion. A couple weeks previously, and this was like one of my first weeks in the mission, he had spent, uh, this was his last transfer. So he had spent all his money, the previous transfer, on like buying jerseys and CDs. Nice. And all the stuff, getting ready to go home, and basically had spent all of the mission allotment funds. <laughs> And so we had nothing for like two weeks. So we literally the week that my family was having Thanksgiving, I had found a can of corn underneath <laughs> the sink and I found an old like uh, dull knife that I opened the can of corn with. And that was like my dinner. <laughs> and I, I write home about this and I didn't even connect that it was Thanksgiving. Like They don't honor it or they don't celebrate it there. And, uh, he had kind of spent all the money and I was, uh, I got to be the, uh, enjoyer of that choice. So we kind of went lean on food for the first couple weeks. 
And apparently what had happened while, while I was gone is he began to barter with these guys because they said, hey, I want, uh, like, give me all your valuables. Oh, my gosh. And so they were going to take a CD player and all of his CDs, and they were going to, like, take all of his jerseys. And when he saw that happening, he was like, no, you can't take that. You can take this, but you can't take that one. Like, don't take that CD. Take this one. At, at some point, they had enough, and they are just like, we're, we're just going to pistol whip you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's why he was bleeding. And honestly, it was a little bit of karma because it was like, you know, we didn't, we kind of went without food for a few weeks <laughs> because you spent all your money on this and now it's all taken away three weeks before you go home. But that's so, a different point. So if we're going to take stock of the situation, it's you and three other missionaries. They're sitting up on the third floor room. Yeah. One has been pistol whipped in the back of the head and thinks he's going to die because he lied to... <laughs> the robbers and said that he didn't have any cash, but he did. And there was a plant. Yeah. Heard him say that <laughs> and, uh, went and told everybody else. And then your companion had also been pistol whipped because he decided <laughs> yes. that he was going to barter over CDs and jerseys with guys with guns. Exactly. That's, that's the situation. That's okay. the situation. Okay. So the going. next part is, is crazy because they said they tied up the room with the, with the vacuum cord again, and we're in the bathroom <laughs> and they're like, if you guys come out, we will kill you. So don't come out of the bathroom. And so we were like, okay, we're not coming out of the bathroom. <laughs> so literally, like, I don't know how much time passed. It felt like hours uh, that we sat in that bathroom waiting to know when can we come out. Because the craziest thing was that they did not make a sound. Like, we didn't hear footsteps. We didn't hear doors opening or closing. We didn't hear anything. And so all we, we didn't know, were they in the apartment still? Or had they left? Like, we don't, they're armed, they're dangerous, they threaten to kill us if we come out. Like, when do you make the move to come out? <laughs> what do you do? I have no idea. So we did what missionaries do, which we, we basically knelt and prayed for many minutes, pleading to know, like, when should we come out? Because we don't know. All of a sudden, we we hear this clapping. So in Argentina, they don't have doorbells or, and they all have gates. So the way that they knock is they just clap. And so we hear this clapping, and we're like, "Oh my goodness, that sounds like it's coming from like right outside our apartment." And like, could this be it? Like, is this our sign <laughs> to like leave? And so I didn't make the decision again. I didn't really even understand what was going on at the time. I was just kind of like holding on. And the decision was made, we're getting out of here. So the other uh, the other missionary, he, uh, just some backstory on him. So he was really into kung fu and like karate and stuff like that. So on, on P-Days, he would bring us to the chapel and he would like teach us karate moves awesome. and stuff. <laughs> what I remember is we get out of that room on the third floor and he begins to direct us all as uh, like as a military leader would and he's like all right everyone grab a weapon he's like i'm getting the stick you grab the dumbbells <laughs> we're grabbing whatever we can uh, obviously like they have guns yeah so we were uh we weren't going to do much with our weapons but we felt better about ourselves so we basically uh just 
slowly went down the stairs. We pretended, you know, it was like pretending we were in a Mission Impossible movie, you know, clearing the house <laughs> to make sure no one was there. Eventually we got down. They had left, but we found that basically they took, it was either one or two of my big suitcases. They filled it all with my companion stuff. They took my CD player, stereo, uh, like speakers. They took my digital camera with all the pictures that oh, I had taken. Bummer. And they just filled up our suitcases full of stuff and they left and they had a getaway car, which was the taxi driver. And we didn't hear any of it. Um, so the, the person that had been clapping was the neighbor who had seen, you know, something going on. So they decided to, to see what was up. So that was it, man. That is wild. I can't We survived. That. Couple questions for you. Did they ever catch the guys that, that, uh, or did they ever look for the guys that, you know, I had heard that they, they tried to look for them. I had heard that maybe they found some stuff for sale at like a local yeah, okay. market, but like the, the police, there was too much activity for them to chase yeah, down. That makes sense. Do you remember how much cash they stole from you guys? I don't, but like a couple hundred bucks, probably like, yeah, probably that wow. maybe even less. Cause it was all pesos. Got it. So pistol whipped a couple guys and terrorized them for, <laughs> for, yeah, honestly. Yeah. It's uh like watches were really big, so you didn't want to wear watches on the street because even if they were, you know, the like Timex, Timex yeah. plastic watches, they would like take those and sell them. Did you tell your mom about the story? <laughs> it's a funny story, actually. <laughs> so, no, not at first. Well, she found out, but I didn't, I wasn't the one who told her. So, apparently, this story became mission legend. <laughs> of course. Right? Like it would. And and we got emergency transferred out of the area uh, for only three weeks. Then we, we moved back in. To the same apartment? To the same apartment oh three gosh. weeks later. Which, looking back, is crazy. Our mission president said he drove by and he, he felt strongly that, hey, it's, it's safe now. And it was. Like, <laughs> okay. we were fine. But uh, I think they might have taken our keys, too. So, like, these guys had our keys, and, and uh, but maybe they changed the locks or something. So this was Mission Legend, and and about six or seven months later, someone from my hometown came to my mission, and he he obviously heard of this story. Like as soon as he came, you know, they're telling about all this stuff, and he's like, "Oh my goodness, Elder Peterson! Like that happened to him." So he writes home to his mom. He's like, "Can you believe what happened to Elder Peterson?" <laughs> and his son is like, "What are you talking about?" And then then his mom was talking to my mom and said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry about what happened to your son. She's like, what are you talking about? What happened to my son? Uh, so that's how she found out. She was spared six months of worry, I guess. Very good. So Was she mad at you or was it, was it okay? No, she was okay. I mean, she was, she was worried perpetually after that. All right. <laughs> so. Very good. And uh, that's an amazing story. So just last, last couple of questions about the, the mission. Looking back on your mission, was it worth it? It was totally worth it. It was, uh, this wasn't the only time I got robbed. So I got robbed two other times. It was a rough time that way, but somehow, you know, it wasn't the same as if I were to go now um, and experience those things. Like somehow I felt just, I felt like this protective influence. I, I don't know how to say it, but like it didn't get to me. 
and obviously like it's so much work, but I think back and my mission was one of the happiest times of my life. You know, you're just given, it's kind of hard not to be happy if you have the right attitude because you're literally just waking up thinking, how can I serve people today? And you do it and you feel good and you go back to sleep and you're exhausted and get up and do it again. It was great. Well, that's awesome. Spencer, thank you so much, everybody. We've been, we have been treated to an amazing mission story from Spencer Peterson. My pleasure. Thank you, Brian. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When I Was On My Mission. If you or someone you know has a great mission story, we would love to hear it. Please email us at contactonmymission at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Facebook at When I Was On My Mission. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app. Now go on, get yeah.